want to greet everyone in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are grateful to the Lord for everyone that's here today. And uh, we look forward to sharing some things with you that the Lord have laid on our hearts. If you have your Bibles, let's go to the fifth chapter of the book of Ephesians. Uh, we're going to start reading at verse 1. All right. Again, we want to make sure everybody understands everything that's in the Word is in the Word for a reason. And I think it's important that we pay attention to every detail of it. So it says, Be ye therefore followers of God as what? Everybody see that? So it's telling you to be followers of God as their children. That means you can be followers of God and not consider yourself a child. Not only a child, but a dear child. A child that is dear to God. You know, the Bible says that when we did that, that the wrath of God comes upon the children of disobedience. If they're disobedient, children of God, but God's wrath come upon them because of their disobedience. That means that they're not their children of God. Does everybody understand that? So it says to when you follow God, <laughs> you ought to follow him as a dear child. Everybody understand that? It says, verse 2, And walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Does everybody see that? That's talking about your attitude. Walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering. And that, that's what we're supposed to do, give ourselves as an offering. Everybody understand that? Not only an offering and sacrifice to God, but for a sweet-smelling savor. You know, there are some things, and so that's another, in other words, that's our attitude. God smells our attitude. It's, in other words, it's not enough to be obedient but you have to have the right attitude. Now, I love broccoli, but I don't like the smell of it when it's uncooked or when it's being cooked. I can't tell you the number of times in my marriage I've asked my, my wife and went to the refrigerator, opened it up, and I'll ask her, what in the devil is that? What kind of demons are we harboring in that refrigerator? Oh, that's that broccoli. You get that junk out of here. Either you cook it or get it out of here. I don't want to smell that for the next month while you decide what you're going to cook with it. When you bring it to this house, you put it in a pot. 
It don't go in nobody's refrigerator. <laughs> Does everybody understand? <laughs> now, I like the taste of it. Now, when you get done cooking, then we're going to forget about everything I just said. <laughs> Well, when you're talking about savor, you're talking about cooking. In other words, the smell that comes from cooking. And so it ain't, it's not enough to God that you're cooking for him or doing something for him or for the kingdom of God. Your attitude determines, determines what God is smelling. Not just you doing something for him, but your attitude determines what it smells like to him. Does everybody understand that? And just like me, he don't mind telling you, you got, you got a stank attitude. Does everybody understand? All right. Verse 3 says, But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints, neither filthiness, filthiness nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of who? Do everybody understand that? Verse 7, be ye... Be not ye therefore partakers with them. Don't hang with folks. I don't care how they claim to be saved. If they fall in this category, don't be around them, in other words. Why? Verse 8. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. Does everybody understand that? Now this, this is the difference between those who are sincere and those who are not. When people are sincere, you don't have to lead their hand, lead them by the hand in every little thing that they do because they understand that they're sincere. Does everybody understand that? You know, when folks aren't sincere, they, they just lay down and they, if you want, whatever you want me to do, you got to tell me because I don't know anymore. That's, that's, that's because your heart's not in what you want to, what you're going to do in the first place. Does everybody understand that? Sincere people, you just being led and you following God and God knows, you know in your heart, God's not going to strike you down when you're sin honestly sincere. Paul, before he was converted, he was sincere in what he was doing, and the Lord saw that. Even though he was wrong, the Lord understood, you're still sincere, so I'm going to give you grace and mercy until I save you. Because you're sincere. You think you're right. You really think you're working for me. You're not, but you think you are. And because of that, I see that. So Paul, even though he was out helping to kill Christians, he was sincere in his heart. And his sincere heart overrode his murderous, what, what he was doing. Does everybody understand that? Well, you do know he wasn't doing that because he just hated God. He was doing that because he really thought he loved God. 
He was doing that based on the understanding that he had about who God was. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> and God didn't strike him dead. God said, I, I'm going to take all of that drive that you got and I'm going to convert that because I know you're sincerely uh, sinning. And when I save you, you're going to sincerely and with all your heart serve me. Does everybody understand that? And then you take, a, you take a man who's king, and he's standing up giving a speech, and the people are saying, this is the voice of God and not of man, and God strike him dead right there. Uh, who was the worst? The one killing Christians because he was sincere? Or the one who didn't give God glory because he was insincere? I'll let you make that call. Does everybody understand that? So you see how God desires sincerity. When you're sincere, you, you, know, you don't have to say, well, I don't know what to do. Will you just take me and lead me by the hand because I don't know. You're just going to walk it out. I'm, I, don't, I don't know everything, but I'm going to do what I know to do now. <laughs> see, see what that says there? Verse 10, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. Does everybody see that? Verse 11, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather do what? Reprove them. Does everybody see that? For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them where? But all things, now, that, now that's a, we'll just stop just, just there for just a minute now. Look at what that says. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather do what? Now. All I have to know is somebody, all I have to do is know that somebody is not living for God. That, that's all, that's not living for God with your whole heart. That's all I have to know. And, and from that point, I don't put anything past you. I don't care how faithful you are to your friends. I, I don't care how, how many friends you have and how you done going all out for them. Just show me you're not sincerely living for the Lord. And I'm going to show you you're living for the devil. And you can't be trusted. Does everybody understand that? It doesn't matter to me how you come across sitting here or whatever church you're in. None of that matters to me. How much good you've done in public, just let me know that you're not living for God with your whole heart, and I'll show you you're living for the devil. Let's prove it now. Verse, it says to reprove him. Why? Verse 12, for it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them where? Where? So I don't have to know everything that you're doing behind closed doors. I don't have to see all the dirt to know you're living in it if you're not living for God. Does everybody understand that? And that's the reason why people get so indignant when you reprove them. Because they don't know. <laughs> in their minds, you don't know what I'm doing behind closed doors. I'm showing you the good part of me. And you still going to get reproved because you ain't living for God. Does everybody understand that? That's all I got to know. I ain't, I ain't got to know what all you doing. I know there's no limit to what you will do if you're not living for God. So th this, this is written for us not to be fooled. I don't care how somebody smile in your face and come across as a good person. If they ain't got God living on the inside of them, there's no good in them. Just like it wasn't no good in me before I got saved. Does everybody understand it? Oh, I might not have done this and that. I can, I can give you a whole list of sins I didn't do when I was out in the world. 
but I was headed that way. I'd done enough to go to hell, I can tell you that. Does everybody understand that? So you, you have to understand this. With, with God, is only a true and false test. There are no multiple choices. You don't get four and five choices, A through E, on anything like that. Just true and false. Just two sides to that coin. You're either righteous or you're unrighteous. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> and so if I, if once I know you're unrighteous, that, that satisfies that. It ain't no limit to what you'll do. And I see sometimes believers get stung by the world and then be all heartbroken and sad over it. The world is going to do what they're going to do. Everybody understand that? I don't care how they were your friends before or how close y'all were before. <laughs> Somebody not, and all I got, listen, if I could show you something in the word, I don't care how, how many Sundays you go to church in a week. If I can show you something in the word and you reject it, I know you don't, I know you're not serving God. Does everybody understand that? I, I understand that there's another spirit there. And it's not the spirit of God. And if you, just like I've said before, any time I've ever decided to walk down that road and see exactly what was in a person, if God carried me on that journey, it's going to be dirt every single time. Every single time. I, everybody understand that? It's, it's been proven. If somebody reject the word, you follow their life closely, you'll see all the junk and dirt that's there that's, that's keeping them from receiving it. <laughs> so I don't, I don't get no qualms about it, you see, and you don't need to be confused either. That's, it's the unfruitful works of darkness. I, in darkness, that's the, that's the key. You ain't got to see somebody out there doing something. All you have to do is know they reject God's word. They're not following God's word. That's enough. But a lot of times we want to go off of, well, they, you know, they ain't done me no harm. But they shaking their fists at the God you claim you serving every single day. Isn't that enough harm? It ain't about you and your feelings. How does God feel about them? <laughs> you know, to be friends with the world is to be enemies of God. To be friends with the world is to be enemies with God. <laughs> so you don't need to be fooled into thinking, well, you know, I'm going to try. I'm gonna, you're not going to do nothing. But get your heart broke every time and find out the world is the world. And they hate the God that you serve. I don't care who it is. I'm telling you, I followed down that road I, with several, several people that I've come across. The Lord have shown me that 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 room right there. They in public, they this way. In private, they this way. There's a reason why they're rejecting the word. There's a reason why they don't believe that women ought to submit to their husbands. That there's a reason why. Because the devil is their daddy, and you ain't got to be in their house to see it. All I got to do is know is that you're rejecting God's word. That's, that's, that settles the rest of it. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> Look at what he said, verse 12. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. Isn't that something now? Let's go ahead and keep reading. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by what? The light. For what 
whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore, he saith, awake thou that doest what? And arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Everybody see that? See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as what? Now, that's, this is the question we ought to ask ourselves. How are we walking? How are we walking? Are we walking as fools? A lot of times we're just glad to be up out of our sleep and walking somewhere. But then that, the Lord is asking us, how are we walking? As fools or are we walking as wise? Let's go ahead and keep reading. Verse 16, redeeming what? The time because the days are what? Everybody see that? Redeeming the time for the days are what? Everybody see this? Watch here. So I had a few of the young brothers over at the house the other day. And uh, they were helping us do some things around there. And uh, when they left out of the house, uh, this watch was in a, uh, in a case, in a new case on the, the furniture. And uh, so I sent my wife to ask them, who, who, whose watch is that? I just assumed one of them may put it down to do something else. And uh, my wife said, uh, Benjamin bought that for you. And uh, so I talked to him about it. I said, Benjamin, what you, what you got me this watch for? He said, oh, I got it for you for uh, Father's Day, but since we were coming over, I decided to go ahead and give it to you today. And I said, well, I appreciate it. And so I thought, uh, and then I said, so what made, you buy, what made you buy that watch? And he said, well, originally I was going to get it for myself. He said, but, and then he held up his watch that he had, and he said, because this one is kind of small, and I just figured, well, it's time to upgrade the watch. He said, so I like the bigger one. But then I decided to give it to you. And so then, so I took him on home, and I, I thought, when I got to the house, back to the house, I thought, well, you know what, I'm going to just go ahead. Since, you know, he wanted the bigger watch, I don't care how, you know, really uh, uh, big a watch is, as long as it's really just telling time. So, so I'm going to just, I think I might just give him this one back and just take his old one, since, you know. And then the Lord said, no, don't do that. So then I knew, I said, well, okay, so it must be something to this. And so my wife and I were sitting around at the house, and we hear this tick, 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 tick. And I thought to myself, now, I like that. I said, now, there's a blessing behind that tick, you see. Because most of our watches now are quiet. They tell time, but they don't remind you that you're in time. But when you hear that tick, it reminds you seconds are ticking away. This last second that just passed, you can't get it back. But you're not, but you're not thinking that when you got a digital watch or, or, or analog watch and it is, is not ticking. Does everybody understand that? So I, I, I thought to myself, now all through the night, you know, I'm waking up through the night, may go pray or whatever. I can, everything is quiet around the house, so I hear that tick. 
And I thought this is a good reminder that time is short and it is ticking. It don't matter what, what you got going on in life, it's passing you by. Does everybody understand that? And that's what Paul is saying here, redeeming the time. The word redeem means to buy, to purchase, to pay a ransom for. In other words, live like you're going to run out of time one day. <laughs> so that's the thing that I love about this watch. It's a constant tick, constant, constant. And every time I'm quiet, I can hear it. And to me, it's a reminder, get busy doing what God tells you to do. Quit wasting, quit wasting time. Redeem the time. Does everybody understand that? In other words, make it count. Let's look and see what this definition means, what, what it means. It means to make wise to make wise and sacred use of every opportunity for doing good so that zeal and well-doing are, as it were, the purchase money by which we make the time our own. Does everybody see that? It means to rescue from loss. Does everybody understand that? Now, isn't that something? If you read this, let's read that last part again. It says, to rescue from loss. To, to rescue time. So that it's not loss. Now, you may have a hard time understanding why that's important. What it means to redeem the time. And why time is so important. I'm going to share with you why. Because when God created Adam and Eve, they weren't concerned about time. Because they didn't have a clock that was going to run out for them one day. God created them to live forever in the earth. Not to be transformed and go to heaven one day, but to live forever in the earth. Because earth was their heaven. But then sin came. So people weren't concerned about time. Now, could you imagine? In, in Adam and Eve's day, people didn't age. Does everybody understand that? No, they didn't age. They didn't get old. They weren't bent over. They weren't on crutches. In Adam and Eve's day, let's say, for instance, so they lived to be around a little bit over 900 years old, each one of them. You know what that means? They saw generations of their offspring. Now, what would have happened if they had not sinned? Eve would have looked just like somebody that was born 500 years ago. Her, I mean, her children would have looked just like her. They'd all look the same age when they got to a certain age. Because they were not, time was not against them. Does everybody understand that? But when sin came, time became their enemy. When they disobeyed God, they began to age. All of a sudden, people start slowing down when they get old. Their eyes get dim. Their body starts functioning, uh, misfunctioning, dysfunctioning. Does everybody understand that? 
But good old mankind, even though God pronounced death on them, and you're going back to the dust, well, so what? We got 900 years. Adam and Eve lived over 900 years. Methuselah lived the 969. Oh, we got at least a good 800. I can live in, I got 800 years of sin I can just dwell in. It didn't take God long to catch on. Because after a while, what did he say? What did he tell Noah? Uh, them folks, it seemed like the longer they live, the more unrighteousness they fall into. They're not redeeming the time. So let's shorten their time. Let's make their years 120 now. Now, could you imagine getting that memo? Getting that in your mailbox? Thus said the Lord. Your time is no longer going to be over 900 years. You ain't got that much grace. Now it's shortened to 120 years. Did that help us out? No. Uh, okay, we'll take that and, and run with it. We'll still sin. The Lord said we got 120 years. I can live at least 100 of it in mess and muck. And you may say, well, that's strange. But some of you in here still have that same mindset. I'm young. I got my whole life to do what? Drown in hell. Listen, hell don't start when you leave here. <laughs> when you separated in sin, you already there. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> that's, that's what you don't get. Jesus Christ come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. What do you have without him? <laughs> so we say, mankind say, well, I got 100, 120, we'll take that. I live a hundred of that doing what I want to do. So you know what? God sent the prophet David, King David. Man is blessed if they live three score and ten years now. So he shortened it from over 900 years to 120. And then in David's day, he shortened it down to 70 years. Did that help us out? No, not at all. We'll take that. Does everybody understand that? And what mankind didn't understand was time was working against him. And all of, and the whole while, God wanted them to see the urgency. Oh, we understand it now, uh, just a little bit. Does everybody understand that? Some of you, you sisters, whether you're married or unmarried or whatever the case is, you had an urgency to get married. Why? Because my t clock, my biological clock is ticking. I want children. I want a family. I want my reproach to be taken away. What made what make people rush now? Scholars say that Mary was about 12 or 13 when she was a spouse to Joseph. What made her what made that an okay thing back then and for women to get in such a hurry? Time. Urgency. Urgency for their own life and not for God. Does everybody understand that? Folks want to get in a hurry. They want to have children. They want to get a degree. They, you know, come out of 13 years of regular school trying to go right into college. Why folks is all busy? Look at the road rage that's happening in the roads today. What is it? Everybody's urgent to do what? Everything but live for God. Every, the devil's got everything on fast track. Everything fast, fast, fast. 
fast food. You, you got a microwave oven in your house now. Now, how many of you done caught on that that microwave oven, it don't heat food the way the stove does? I tell you what, when you get some, do heat some food in the microwave, you better hurry up and eat it as soon as you take it out of there. It, it's going to be cold in 10 seconds. <laughs> Why? Because that's fake fire. That's fake heat. That is exactly what it says. Those are microwaves. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? But we live in a society. That's the society we live in, a microwave society. That's not redeeming the time for God's sake. But for my sake, I want to do what all I want to do. I want to hurry up, hurry up, and hurry up. Everybody understand that? And what? And to go to the grave. People in a hurry. If people, just, if people just pay attention to the cycle of life. Folks can't wait to graduate to high, from high school. Why? So they can go to college? Can't wait to graduate from college. Why? So they can go to more college. Can't wait to graduate from that. What? So they can go to work and, and, and learn everything over again because by the time they graduate from college, what they learn is obsolete. You do know the textbooks that you get in college, if you go buy a textbook today, it's eight years old. Does everybody understand that? Somebody wrote it eight years ago. That was the standard when I was in college. It wasn't folks writing the textbook and then them publishing it the very next semester. It had to go through a board of approval. What's that happened in the eight years? Stuff done changed. And you got to go on somebody's job and get trained all over again. <laughs> That's what we live in. But, you know, we all want the American dream. We want to hurry up and buy a house. Hurry up and do this. And then complain about the notes. Can't wait until I turn 65 so I can retire. And live out the last five of my years enjoying life. Except when 65 comes. Somebody, by that time, somebody told you, don't retire. You know, folks, they die at, right after they retire. How many of you have heard that? They die. So you don't retire. Okay, I'm going to stay at work. How many of you met that person at, at, on a job somewhere, on their job? They need to retire. <laughs> See the cycle of life? Urgent for no reason. Not for God. Just urgent. It just, let's all just move fast, fast, fast. And, and no reason for it. Does everybody understand that? So let's think about this. On God's time. Let's go back to time. How many seconds are there in a minute? 60 seconds in a minute, how many seconds are there in an hour? How many minutes, how many minutes are there in an hour? And how many hours are there in a day? And how many days are there in a year? 
So there are 8,760 hours in a year. There are 525,600 minutes in a year, or roughly 31,536,000 seconds in a year. That sounds like a lot when we break it down to seconds, don't it? So let's go back to minutes now. There are 525,600 and 600 minutes in a year. That's how many minutes there are in a year. And you may say, well, a minute, that ain't that, that ain't that long. That minute ain't, ain't that long. What, what can you do in a minute? I can tell you this. When I was in the Navy, in basic training, we had one minute to get in and out of the shower. And wasn't any of us walking around funky the rest of the day. I understood you could take a shower in a minute. Does everybody understand that? So if there are 525,600 minutes in a year, Brother Tanks, let's time that. Go ahead and start your watch. Let's just see how long a minute is. We're going to all just sit still and be quiet. We're going to see how long a minute is. Let me know when you're ready. All right, go ahead and start it. All right. It's a long time, isn't it? That was one minute. You say, well, Brother Bowden, I need time to sleep. So let's say the average person sleeps about eight hours a day. That means you got 16 hours or 960 of those, what we just experienced. You got 960 minutes in a day. The question is, what are you doing with it? Are you redeeming the time? Does everybody understand that? So let's think about it this way. Time, when you're talking about time, time has space. Does everybody understand what I mean when I say that? You don't get to 30 seconds in two seconds. It has space. Everybody hear that? There's your second. Everybody see that? You see how it's on time? You see how 
it is spaced out evenly. You know how chaotic this world would be if, if, if one second could be a thousand milliseconds and then two milliseconds the next time? It's spaced out. Now, this is your life. Do you hear the different tones in the beat? In the spaced out seconds there? Now you think about your life. Time is space. It's spaced out. There are certain things, and this is what we're saying, there are certain things in your life at a certain time that you're supposed to accomplish. You ought not to be 20 years old still trying to learn how to cook. How to change a tire. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> Most of you young people in here, you spent all your teenage years fighting against your parents because you knew everything. Only to get grown and figure out, I don't know anything. How many of your mothers knew how to cook everything when you were growing up? How many of you was in the kitchen with her every time she was in there cooking? No, now you got to call somebody. Now you got to look online for the recipe. Why? Because this is off. Isn't it? <laughs> this is off. I'm not going to learn what I'm supposed to learn in the space of time that I'm supposed to learn it in. I'm going to try to hurry up and learn how to be a wife after I get married. I'm going to try to hurry up and learn how to be a husband after I get married. And hopefully I do it in time enough that I won't destroy it. When all you had to do was quit fighting against mom and daddy. Sit down somewhere and observe and learn. Even if they weren't the best parents, you can learn what not to do. And pray for them while they're still learning. <laughs> But no, I'm not going to redeem them time. Can't wait till I get grown, move as far away as I can so they don't hear about what I'm out here in these streets doing. Everybody understand that? And so in school, <laughs> they have what they call progress. Or what they, what was that term we were talking about this morning? On task. That means when you're in the third grade, you ought to be reading on a third grade level. You ought not to be in high school, 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade, and still reading three-letter words, you know, run, cat, run. You see somebody with a book that's in high school uh, still reading that kind of book, then you know you're not on task. Was it that your teacher failed you? No, you were not redeeming the time. You got classmates that were sitting in the same class with you in the third grade that had the same teacher. They're ready for college. You still trying to figure out what certain words mean. What does that mean? You were not redeeming the time. Did everybody understand that? 
And we got enough sense to know uh, you're off track, Junior. We, we need to get you caught up. We do that in everything in life, and we pay attention to that except for our spiritual walk. Folks come here week after week. They hear the same word, but they are not redeeming the time. Does everybody understand that? So maybe I've made, now maybe I've been preaching about 40 minutes. Some of you, you have been here for years. You have heard me preach over a thousand messages. Think about how many hours that is. Are you redeeming the time in that? How much of that are you following and obeying when you go home? If not, you're just wasting time. You're not redeeming the time. Does everybody understand that? It don't do you any good to come here week after week to hear instruction that you're not going to follow and obey. It don't do any good for anybody to watch me on YouTube and, 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 and not obey what they're hearing. You're wasting time. Go, go find something that, that's going to line up with what you already got going on. Other than that, you're just wasting time. I know I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to sit here and listen at an hour message. Only to go home and just and come back next week and say, yeah, I'm still struggling with that. That shows me you're not redeeming the time. You, you don't understand yet <laughs> that your clock is ticking. How many of you did the Lord tell you exactly what day and what year and hour you're going to leave this world? You know the Lord rarely does that. You know why? Because he wants you to redeem the time. He don't want you hurrying up and repent in your last minute. You know, some, somebody asked the question, why do, why do so many preachers die of the coronavirus? You know, and somebody can die in a car wreck. Why did that preacher die in a car wreck? Why did they die this way? Or what, what, why were their lives cut so short? Oh, they must have done something. They just followed God's word. It is, a, it is appointed once to man to die. Ain't nobody going to get around that. Does everybody understand that? You may, you may look at a preacher's age and think, well, he must have been in unrighteousness. God promised us 70 years. No, he, he, what he was saying was that's the average lifespan. He took his own son at 33 and his son's forerunner at 30. Well, which one of you are more righteous than them? They were more than happy to leave this world. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? Why? Because they had redeemed the time. They came and did what God had put them on this world in this world to do. What did John the Baptist say? I'm done. I, oh, you the Christ, that's the Christ right there. I must decrease now. Does everybody understand that? So what, what makes a person... Listen, when you don't know your purpose, it's impossible for you to redeem the time. Let's, let's, let's look at that. Let, let's look at that. Verse 17. Uh, Y'all still there? Let's read verse 16. Redeeming the time because the days are what? Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Does everybody see that? When you understand the will of the Lord, then you can redeem the time. 
Does everybody understand that? In other words, you buy time, you purchase it with God's will. God's will is the currency. If I know what God has put me on this world, in this world to do, I can work towards that. I, I, my time now is going to be spent towards preparing for that. But the saddest person in this world is the one that don't know what they're here to do. Does everybody understand that? And so we have people that get busy doing all kind of other things. I mean, folks got all kind of, you, you know how crazy, you know, we, we were born in crazy. We were born in it, so we don't know how crazy it is. Uh, but every now and then the Lord just snatched my soul and put it right back in the 1800s somewhere and let me see just how crazy folks are, have gotten. You know how crazy you got to be to climb the highest cliff you can climb and strap a rubber band to your ankles and jump. And somebody done told you, you're going to get this close to the ground. But you're not going to die. <laughs> That's somebody that don't know their purpose. <laughs> I can promise you they don't. You know how I know? Because when you sincerely living for God, you know the devil might cut this rubber band. I don't care how many folks have been successful at this. They're not serving the same God I'm serving. And the devil is looking for every opportunity he can to cut my life short. I don't want to tempt God. Do you know that's the exact same thing that the devil was trying to tell the Lord to do? Go ahead and jump. God ain't going to let your foot dash against the stone. Don't his word say that? So I'm, I'm a preacher of righteousness. Bless God, I'm going to get on this mountain, I'm going to tie a rubber band to my, and I'm going to dive head first and tempt God. And the whole time the devil's halfway down with his scissors. Yeah, come on, fool. We are living a boring life when we can strap a kite to our back. <laughs> I never understood anybody getting in a hot air balloon. Ain't no steering wheel, no nothing. We just up here. We hope we don't run into some hot wires. <laughs> That's folks not redeeming the time. What's, what does a rubber band got to do with you serving God? Does everybody understand that? But folks... Folks, listen, and then when folks get done with that, they say, well, you ain't lived until you did that. Jesus Christ said, I'll come. I'm your rubber band. I'm your kite. <laughs> and I last forever. You done paid $1,000 to make for somebody to make you jump down a hill head first. Can't tell you the number of times. Every time I read about skydiving, it ain't successful. Somebody's parachute didn't open. 
I was just reading a couple of days ago, somebody, I think down in Florida, bumped into somebody else and, and died. That's folks not redeeming the time. Does everybody understand that? I tell you what, if the devil come for me, he gonna have to come flat-footed on the ground. Does everybody understand that? Yeah. No, I'm not scared of flying at all. Uh, but uh, you, uh, with a kite on my back, no, that's okay. <laughs> with a rubber band around my ankles, no, that's, I'm good. Does everybody understand that? Now, I'm redeeming the time. I know there's a devil out there. So the Bible says all throughout, especially in the New Testament, it talks about time is short. Time is short. Time is short. He, he, wasn't, he, he didn't mean the world is about to end. He's talking about your life. You're like a flower that's going to wither away. You spring up and then you wither away. And the question is, what are you doing in between birth and death? If you truly understood the concept of time, you wouldn't want to waste any more of it. Does everybody understand that? You, you, you wouldn't be hard-headed. I'm, I'm going to just serve God with my whole heart, and I'm going to be in it. I'm going to stop playing. I'm going to redeem the time. I've heard this preach before, and, I, and I'm not going to, so I'm going to obey what I heard. Everybody understand that? Let's, let's, go, uh, let's go real briefly. Let's go to the, I think, the 27th chapter of the book of Proverbs. Uh, actually, the 29th chapter of the book of Proverbs. Is everybody there? There's two kinds of people in any church, two kinds. They all have some kind of zeal for God. All of them got some, some kind of zeal for God. If they didn't, they wouldn't be in church. So all of them got some kind of zeal. But it's two kinds. The one that's going to just do what's being preached. And, and this one that we're about to read right here, verse 1. It says, he that being often reproved, what does he do? Hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. Did y'all read that there? You see, you see the danger of always having to be reproved and always having to be corrected? Let's read that again. He that being often reproved, hardened his neck, shall suddenly be what? So do you see the cycle there? Somebody always got to talk to you and have private conversations with you about your behavior. The Lord is saying, when you don't redeem the time and you always have to get corrected, you harden your neck. You know what that means? You, you that ox that God can't drive. He can pull on you this way. You ain't going to go left. He can pull on you. You're not going to go I'm just. I'm going to just keep charging the hell. 
He said that when you don't redeem the time, in other words, when you don't learn the lesson that you're supposed to learn at the what listen, when God, if God is talking about this today, on May 22nd, 2021, he don't intend on ever saying this ever again. And the only reason why he have to say it again is because somebody then hardened their neck. But what happens? What, what's the end of this person? They shall suddenly be destroyed. Does everybody see that? <laughs> so everybody see the danger of that now? You, when you redeem the time, I, I, I learned a lesson and I move on. Listen, I didn't like school as, as much as you did. But I didn't fail a grade. And it wasn't because I was such an A, a student or because I was even a good student. I did not want to have to repeat what I didn't like. If, my, if I can't wait to graduate from school, I'm going to suck it up right now. I don't, I'm not going to have to repeat a grade to learn. Everybody understand that? So I didn't want to go through that. So I, I passed every grade. I went on through. But what happens, you know, with people in a, in a Christian walk, they don't mind repeating because they got the same classmates. And, and when you were in high school, in junior high school, when you repeated a grade, you might wave at some of your old friends in, in the hallway somewhere on the playground, but then you were going to go to some underclassmen. They were going to be looking at you like you were the teacher. You got a beard already. <laughs> Why are you sitting in this little bitty desk? <laughs> Does everybody understand that? But see here, this is that, that, that's the policy of this. We're all in the same class. We can go home and pretend like we're passing. I'm, 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 I'm passing. I'm doing good. Except we know better because then God's going to have to preach it again next year. He's going to have to mention it again in Bible study. Or in, you know, does everybody understand that? I would think, don't you get tired of hearing the same stuff? You know, in the, in the Old Testament, God said, I, wrote, I, I woke my prophets up day after day, every morning, to, to go and warn you. They will, them prophets every morning were preaching to them people. The same stuff. Repent and turn away from your sins. Every morning. A prophet's ministry should only have to last one day. It should only be one day. But they'll live their whole life, and then God will raise up another one. They'll live their whole life, and God will raise up another one. And they'll live their whole life saying the same stuff. Repent and turn from your sins. What, wh why do they say that? Because people aren't redeeming the time. They're that teenager in, in, in their parents' house fighting against what they're going to have to learn later on in life. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> I think of how many of you have ever thought back in school, thought back to your school days and wish you had paid more attention. 
How many of you remember taking classes that you, you don't remember one day of that class? I'm pretty sure I took home ec. I'm pretty certain of that. It seemed like I remember eating somebody's cookies. But now what I was doing in there, I don't know, besides eating. But I'm pretty certain I took home ec. I remember. One day. I'm pretty sure I took French. A whole year of it. Now ask me some French words. Wee oui, wee. Oui. That's about all you're gonna get out of me. Bonjour. Something everybody else know. <laughs> How many of you took French? How many of you didn't take it? How many of you know what bonjour means? Yeah, see, so you didn't have to, but that so I wasn't redeeming the time, and you know more than I know. I spent the whole year in there. And I'm telling you this. If you don't grow out of it, you'll be 60 years old looking back on your life and wondering where it went. You'll spend a whole year in something without learning any lessons. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> so in other words, what, what does redeeming the time mean? Make your time count. God has given you time. You need to make it count. And grow on. Does everybody understand that? All right, if you have your Bibles, let's go real briefly to the 10th uh, chapter of the book of Luke. What is God telling us today? We should not be 30 years old, 40 years old, still making 15-year-old mistakes. Our mindsets ought to be different. Does everybody understand that? Let's think about this. For those of us that rebelled against our parents, that thought we knew more than they knew, and I, you can't teach me nothing else. As long as somebody is older than you, they, that person is still learning, and that means that they got more stuff to pass on to you. Does everybody understand that? Do you understand you don't graduate from people? You don't graduate from your teachers? You know why? Because they're still learning. So you don't get to the point where you think, well, you done taught me all that you can teach me. If I live to be 70 years old and somebody lived to be 100, I can still learn from them because I ain't never been 100. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? That's the way you ought to look at life. All right, so is everybody there? The... 10th chapter of the book of Luke. We're going to start reading at verse 38. It says, Now it came to pass, as they went, that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. Everybody see that? And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and did what? What did she do now? heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, does thou not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? 
Bid her, therefore, that she help me. Everybody see that? And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha. Now, you know it can't be anything good to come after that. When the Lord repeats something, barely, barely, Martha, Martha, John, John, when he has to repeat himself, you know it's trouble. Does everybody understand that? You can just about guarantee every time he has to repeat himself, it's going to be trouble after that. Look at what he says. Thou art careful. In other words, anxious and troubled about what? Many things. But one thing is needful. Everybody see that? You doing all kind of stuff, Martha. But what is needed, does everybody understand that? You ever met a busy person that ain't doing nothing? Busy and ain't done a thing. Don't tell them that. That's just going to be our secret. You come home, what you been doing? Oh, I was doing this. What, 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 what? Ain't got nothing to show for all these minutes the Lord done gave you in a day. I tell you, that I was talking to my wife about this this morning, you know, about this lesson. Uh, Martha was a busybody. And, and, and you can't tell busybodies that everybody else ain't lazy. Uh, they, everybody, everybody lazy. They the only ones putting in work. They the ones that's making this world turn around. If it wasn't for them, we'd all just fall off into the dust of hell. <laughs> busy, busy, busy. And God ain't nowhere in their day. Now, here was the deception. Martha thought she was really, really doing God a favor. But look at what the Lord said. One thing is needful. One thing is needful. What, what, was, what, was, what was Martha doing? She was fixing food. Does everybody understand that? Cleaning up, making sure the Lord had everything. Probably washing his feet. She was doing all the busy work. Does everybody understand that? You know there's a difference between serving God and worshiping him. You can serve God and still go to hell. God right in your house. And you can be busy and thinking you're getting brownie points. I didn't cook God a meal. You know why that didn't fly with the Lord? Because he could fast for 40 days. He don't need your meal. Does everybody understand that? The, you know, in the Old Testament, in the book of Psalms, the Lord said, I own a cattle on a thousand hills. What sacrifice do you have for me? Does everybody understand that? So you, you, God don't want you to be busy doing nothing. You have to redeem the time, make it count. And there she was thinking, you know, well, I'm doing good, and surely the Lord is, is seeing all this that I'm doing. So, and then had enough nerve to go tell, Lord, make her get up. Make her get up and help. She really thought the Lord was going to do that. 
What was Mary doing? She was hearing the word. She was redeeming the time. You know why? Because she understood. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. The Lord might not ever come back to this house. Uh, we, can, we can bring the Lord a, a sandwich bag while, when he passed through town. He might not come back here, though. So we can bring him lunch anytime. But how many times is the Lord going to come to our house and sit here and preach? So you see, her, while she was up serving the Lord, she wasn't hearing the word. She was distracted. You see how the devil will get you on both ends there. You can be busy, really think you're making progress for the Lord. And the whole time, you're distracted from hearing his word. So the Lord said, told her, look at what he says, verse 42. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part. Everybody see that? Which shall not <clears throat> be taken away from her. Isn't that something? What was the good part? The word. She's redeeming the time. You ain't hearing nothing I'm over here preaching about. You think you can replace the word with service. Does everybody understand that? So let's think about how many years we've been living for the Lord as individuals. I, I want us all to think about that. How many years have you been living for the Lord? Then ask yourself this question. What grade are you in, in the Lord? Not how old you are, but what grade, what level are you reading at? I don't care that you're in the 12th grade, that you've been here for 10 years. How much of this word are you obeying that you're hearing? Does everybody understand that? Is, God don't want you wasting time. <clears throat> And I'm not saying God wants you to leave the ministry. I'm telling you, you ought to be learning. We, you ought to be moving on to more things. Does everybody understand that? It don't, you know, the first thing we have to do, the Lord said, if anyone will follow me or come after me, let him first deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. Didn't he say that? Deny himself. The question is, have you denied yourself? If not, then you're not even enrolled in school yet. If I have to continue to preach, husband, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husband uh, as unto the Lord. If you're going home from here and still got your own will and still fighting against what you read in the fifth chapter of the book of Ephesians, you're not even enrolled you're not even in kindergarten yet because you haven't denied yourself. So we come back, you come back next week, we preach something, and then you think, okay, you receive that with joy, but it don't stick with you. You know why? Because that was for the third graders. You still got to fill out the application. You're not saved yet if you haven't denied yourself. You're not even a follower of Jesus Christ yet if you haven't denied yourself. Does everybody understand that? So you see why folks don't get anywhere in the Lord? How in the world are you going to walk on water when you don't believe water exists? <laughs> you can forget about miracles. That's what we're saying. 
Does everybody understand that? <laughs> so you shouldn't be 10 years in God and, and still in elementary school, still can't stand to hear certain things. Still, God, you know, if I raise my voice, you can't accept it. Ah, that ain't God. I, if you'd have just preached in love. <laughs> I'm preaching to folks that's enrolled in school. Not to those that's trespassing on, on the property of the school. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? No, this ain't for you. <laughs> well, no, we don't mind you being here. But it ain't, don't get offended because you're not enrolled. You ought to just be glad you can sit here. If you want to pretend you're in 10th grade, we'll pretend with you. But we know what's going to happen. You're going to leave here and be mad and fighting mad. Does everybody understand that? Why? Because you ain't done the first step in enrolling in God's school. Deny yourself. It seems easy. <laughs> Until it's time to deny yourself. Folks will come here week after week. I had pray for. I had a bad attitude. I don't know what's going. You need to deny yourself. You really ain't made up your mind to follow the Lord. That's all. I, and I can slap you with that. All oh, of that. I can slap you with that bottle back there. You still. It ain't gonna do you no good. I can shove it down your throat and punch you in the stomach. It all just burst on the inside of you. And you ain't no more anointed than that bottle is. Does everybody understand that? That's, you can't follow God without denying yourself. Now, you know what happens when you deny yourself? All of a sudden, what I'm saying begins to make sense. Now, folks, there are folks follow this ministry that just may not agree with everything that's preached here. And I understand that. But I'm telling you, you can accept thousands of thousands of years worth of wisdom or you can be like a lot of teenagers and just have to figure it out for yourself and all the time going through heartache. And this is what I mean. Thousands of years ago, the Lord had put in his word that it is not, it's an abomination for a woman to wear what pertains to a man. That ain't, that's not... That don't take revelation. And I believe he meant, meant what he said. But then you got some kindergartners. They decide, you, you're an old teacher. We need somebody young and spunky. What are the young teachers doing now? Sleeping with the children? Because they children themselves. When I was growing up, we didn't have 20-year-old teachers. It wasn't none of that. But they think you're just off your rocker. You're just old-fashioned. How in the world do you think you're going to stand before God with that old-fashioned mindset? Who's older than him? Does everybody understand that? But what the, the problem is, God's got to show me first. I'm not there yet. Or you can redeem the time. I'm telling you some, some, some thousand-year-old wisdom. 
Wear what pertains to you. You can accept it and, and, and get bumped up to the next grade real fast. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? You know, folks, you know, uh, my wife and I, after we got married, uh, the teachers wrote us a letter, and they may, I can't remember if we had a meeting with them. They wanted, they wanted to bypass Hawk to the next, to, to him to skip a grade. You know why? Because he had the ability to, to think ahead and to learn beyond his years. And you know, God would do the same thing. And let me prove it. Those, those, those 12 disciples that he had, that he originally chose, they walked with him for three and a half years. And him just stringing them along. Come on, y'all, hurry up. Y'all get it together. Y'all get it together. And then here come Paul straight off of a murder spree. <laughs> no discipling nowhere. No three and a half years nowhere. Straight off of killing somebody. Lord, what will you have me to do? Okay. Does everybody understand that? You see the difference there? You know, and, and Paul himself said, I had more of a zeal for, for, for God than they did. I did more than they all of them did. He said, I don't mean to boast, but I have to tell you the way it is. How many of them can say they were whooped five times with a cat of nine tails? Forty save one. In other words, 39 stripes. How many of them can say that they were shipwrecked and floating out, of, out in the middle of the Indian Ocean somewhere? None of them. I got promoted because I had more zeal in me. When God told me something, I accepted it. I didn't go back fishing. I wasn't depressed after they killed him and just went on about my life like the man never existed. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> but when the Lord came, when, when God raised Jesus Christ up from the dead, where did he find his disciples? Fishing. They went right on back out of what the Lord had called them out of. And, and so if you're the individual, every time something, just a little something, you hit a little bump in the road and you depressed and you ready to just go on back out in the world, what can God do with you? Everybody understand that? You, you have to redeem the time. Does everybody understand that? I believe it's important that we learn a lesson. Listen, I, I repeated a class when I was in high school, biology. And, and, I, and I didn't get a chance. You know, I, I just couldn't go back and just take the test that I had failed. I had to take the whole year. It was boring the first time, and it was even more boring the second time. You know, you know, a young man, all he wanted, let's get to the body part section. I don't care nothing about dissecting frogs. What's the frog going to do for me as an adult? Let's get to the reproductive chapter. <laughs> you young men know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Yeah, I passed that chapter. <laughs> but you know why I had to take that class again? Because I wasn't redeeming the time. 
And when you're young, you, you're just silly and stupid like that. You just think, I got all the time in the world. I, the life is supposed to be fun. <laughs> Let's think about this watch here. So Benjamin made a statement. He said, I, I, I was getting it for myself because I wanted to upgrade. In other words, in his mind, this watch, what he purchased, was better than the one he has on now. But he said, but I wanted to give it to you for Father's Day. And I asked him, how old are you? How old have you been? He said, I'm 15. And I thought to myself, now that's a good lesson. I'm glad you have learned that lesson at such an early age because it's got 40, 50, and 60 years old people that still don't obey the word of esteeming others higher than yourself. Still don't understand that. Does everybody understand that? They're 50 years old and still fighting for themselves. Ain't nobody going to use me. Now, I'm going to give you a watch, but it's going to be the one that I've been wearing for a year already. Does everybody understand that? So you see, listen, we ain't, we, we're, we're not exempt. When we, when we were little, if our parents were parents at all, one of the first things they taught us was how to share. It's, it's nothing to see little, little children. You know, that's just in them. You know, this is mine. I heard my daughter say that, one of my, my youngest daughter, I heard her say that one time, mine. She was talking to her older sister, Taylor. I said, and I called over to me, don't you ever, that's, don't you ever say that. Ain't nothing yours. Does everybody understand that? I don't care what kind of deeds you got in your name, you just die and see how much of it is yours. No, you just pay taxes on it for the rest of your life and see how much of it is yours. Does everybody understand that? You can own a car clear and, and, and free, but, but every year you're going to go down there and get it registered. How much of that car is yours? What good is it doing you not to register it and it's just parked in your front yard? Come on, Junior, let's go, around, let's go driving around the yard. God shows us all the time, ain't nothing yours. So I called over to me. I, don't you ever let me hear you say that ever again. Don't that mine are not to be in any child's vocabulary, except when it's referring to Jesus Christ. He can be yours. But I tell you what, when you get them, you want to share them. <laughs> He's all of ours. Does everybody understand that? That's one of the first things we're supposed to be taught, is how to share. And, and the idea is to get along with others. But you know it's got folks in the workplace that don't share, don't get you, road rage out here in the streets because folks don't want to share the road. We got 40 and 50 year old people fighting and shooting folks, strangers that they don't know because they did not, they did not redeem the time when it came time to learn to share. Does everybody understand that? Folks will see you coming 50 miles down, 50 miles per hour down the road, and instead of them waiting, they're going to hurry up and jump out in front of you and hope, hope. How many of you ever had to slow down behind somebody that jumped down in front of you? That's somebody that don't know how to share. 
I see it all the time. I, and I say, oh, let me slow down because you don't look like you saved at all. You, you, you look like you didn't take that. That lesson didn't take with you. Does everybody understand that? I had, my daddy had a, his my daddy's youngest sister died like that. Jumped out on on the highway, the same highway that you that you all were on when you were on your way to pick you. Jumped out on that highway and and, and got hit, t bone, and was killed. I, I got the newspaper article. And that was back in 19, uh, 1970. Left five small babies in this world. From seven, I think they were seven years and younger. Five of them. Not wanting to share. They everybody understand that? So these life lessons that you're supposed to learn, it's important that you learn them at the time you hear them so that you can move on. Does everybody understand? I think about that fact that, that Benjamin did that. That unselfishness. I, I, I got it and I prefer it. But I'm going to give it to you. You know why? Because I think of you highly, more highly than I do myself. You know, if we all did that, it wouldn't be no killing. And, and, and in church, it, it wouldn't be no factions either. Does everybody understand that? I think about time. You see, most of you, you're in your 30s, if you're that. And you, you know, when you're in your 30s, you, you don't think, you know, a lot of times you're not thinking about the amount of time that you have in this world. Because in your mind, I'm young. I, you know, my grandparents were old, and so I'm going to live at least be that old, and so you think. But I'm telling you, you, you know at one time your great-grandmother was your age? Where is she now? How many of you ever seen pictures of your grandparents that's in their 20s? That ought to be sobering to you. They didn't come here old. They came here then they were your age at one time. That, just like Sister Tanks is holding her little baby, at one point somebody held Esau like that. Somebody held Jacob like that. Where are they? Does everybody understand that? So in other words, people get old. People live. They get old. And what are they doing in between? You ain't got to wait until you get old to try to hurry up and get serious. You ain't got to wait until God sends some kind of destruction your way for you to hurry up and get serious. You can redeem the time now. That's one of, to me, that's one of the things I wish I had done when I was younger. That's, that's, I think that's my biggest regret is not serving the Lord with my whole heart when I knew to do it. I waited until I was 20 with bad credit and a jail record. Does everybody understand that? You, you, know, you know you ain't got to, you ain't got to come to God <laughs> when everything is done went down. You, you ain't got to come to God broke. You can have some money in your pocket and serve the Lord. <laughs> Everybody understand that? You ain't got to wait until you just about divorced. You can redeem the time now. You don't have to wait until you're 60 and still unmarried. You can redeem the time now. You ain't got to wait until you're on your deathbed. Until you get sick. 
Everybody understand that? You, you can take advantage of I'm telling you, there's something to it when you, when you think, when you believe, I can serve the God now. I can serve God now while everything is good. I ain't got to wait on God to whip me to him. Because you know, a lot of times what happens when we do that, that's the, really, that's the story of the whole Old Testament. They get bitter. They, now they repent. I'm, okay, God, we're going to serve you. We're going to serve you now. But that, in, that inward bitterness, it leads them directly away from God. Why? Because God had to whoop them to make them come to him in the first place. Does everybody understand that? That's not God's will. God shouldn't have to whoop you to make you serve him. That's not, it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. That's what the book of Romans says. It's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. You ought to just wake up one day and say, you know what, God, I ain't, you didn't have to wake me up. That's right there is good enough for me to serve you. So redeem the time. Why you have time. Does everybody understand that? It's got a graveyard right across the street where folks' time done ran out. It, it's got a preacher right across the street there that's in his grave. He preached right down this hill less than 20 yards away from here. Right, but over there, time ran out for him. Does everybody understand that? Time in and of itself is not bad. But I'm telling you, it works against you when you're not redeeming it. Does everybody understand that? You ought to have a desire. When you, when you really, really love God, you, have a de you ought to have a desire to want to spend every waking minute. How many of you ever watched a movie and thought, man, that was two hours I'll never get back? I'm that way now. Even if it's a good movie, I'll be thinking, man, that... That was too hard. Where was my Bible at? I could have been using that time to read the Word. You start thinking, you start thinking and weighing against other stuff. Like, man, I, I, I need to be doing something productive for the kingdom of God. Not for me, but for the kingdom of God. Now, you know, God in his grace and mercy, he don't mind you enjoying life. He don't mind you having fun. But I'm telling you, the Lord want to be a part of all of it. Does everybody understand that? You know the Lord didn't mind folks fishing? He didn't mind them eating and enjoying their meal? Do you know what they were supposed to do with the tithe in the Old Testament? When they couldn't bring it to a priest, they were supposed to cook it and eat it and enjoy it. God found pleasure, just like you. How many of you ever looked at your children playing and you found pleasure in them playing? Like, I'm glad y'all out there. I, and they ain't got to be my children. I, if I drive through a neighborhood and I see children outside playing, I'm thinking, ooh, y'all are one in a million because folks ain't hardly doing that anymore. I enjoy children being children. And God is the same way with us. He enjoy us enjoying ourselves in him. Does everybody understand that? So the Lord want us to want us to redeem the time. I thought about it. Let me just share this and we'll close. I thought about the number of days. This morning I did a calculation from December 6, 1974, which is my birthday, to July 23rd, 1981. And that was the day my daddy died. So I did this calculation, put it in a, plugged it in, and 
According to this, that's a total of 2,421 days. So for about six and a half years, a little bit over six and a half years. 2,421 days. Now, if the Lord could have put it in my brain back then when I was just born, you know that's the only time I'm only giving you 2,421 days with your daddy. If I'd have had the brain to receive that when I was a baby, then I would have made sure I was under him every chance I got. I wouldn't have been going outside to play unless he was outside to play. I'd have been trying to learn everything that I could learn because that's a short, that's not that many days. And then, you know, when it's somebody you love, the Lord can say, I'm going to give you 2,421 years with him. That still ain't going to be enough. Now, you think about that. Do you know if, if the Lord tarry, we all got a set time, we'll all be able to calculate how many days we have with each other? For each individual? When you think about life and time and space, it makes you want to get busy and serious about life. Does everybody understand that? It makes you want to learn the lessons. It was a lot of stuff my daddy knew that I didn't know. You six years old, what do I care about changing a tire? What do I care about running a business? I'm, not, I'm having fun. You're going to be here, except you won't. You think about how a lot of us, when we were teenagers, we fought and fought our parents because they just didn't understand. You don't understand. It's, times are different. Except they're not the same devil. And they're just trying to keep you from the devil they fell for. But you know everything. Then you get older and you get married and you have children and don't know how to raise them. Don't know how warm to make the bottle. All of those things. You, does everybody understand that? You should not have to start over in life when you're grown. A, a, life is funny the way it happens. The, the, the more life goes on, the dumber people get. Now how is that so? when your great-grandmother breastfed your grandmother. Why aren't these lessons being, no, why aren't these lessons being learned? They've been passed on. But why is it new mamas don't know how to do nothing? I don't know what to do. That's because you weren't redeeming the time. And I'm telling you, we sitting here now, we need to start teaching our children. So that they ain't got to start over. You don't have to be a, a silly father. Does everybody understand that? You don't have to neglect your children their whole life and then wonder why they hate you when they get older and don't want to spend time with you. Does everybody understand that? We have to start redeeming the time. Don't pass on your same junk to your children. That's what I'm telling you. You teach them to redeem the time. Does everybody understand that? 
You start first redeeming the time yourself, and then you pass that on. You know, children, they learn from you. No, no, not what you tell them, but what you do. Does everybody understand that? Come here, Joshua. Yeah, you stand right there. Come on, let's touch it. So that's our little secret handshake. Now, you know, if a child saw us all doing that, these little children in here, if they saw us all doing that for a month, they start doing it. I guess this is how y'all greet each other. Is this it? Hey, you can say all day long, you, that's not how you, you shake hands. <laughs> they do what they see. Doesn't matter how you teach them, what you telling them, they do what they see. Does everybody understand that? So you see how you're supposed to redeem the time? You pass lessons on to them. You, you can say, you arguing with their daddy. They, they hear daddy say something. This is how I want it done. And, and then when daddy go to work, it ain't done that way. You're going you gonna to be whooping that child forever. You know why? They do what they see. They don't care what kind of what's coming out of your mouth when you swing in that belt. They are taught by what they see. You know why, why is it that way? Because they don't come here knowing how to talk. They, but they come here with eyes. Does everybody understand that? So my prayer is that we hear what the Lord had to say today. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the word that you spoke to us. God, we pray that you will help us to obey what we've heard, Lord. Help us, Lord, to redeem the time because the days are evil. Forgive us, Lord, for the times that we've wasted, rebelling against you and fighting against your word, fighting against the lessons that you tried to teach us. Lord, we pray that you will bring us back through those things, Lord, that maybe we didn't hear the first time. Help us, Lord, to prepare our hearts to receive those things so that we can move on and grow in you. And we'll give you the praise and the honor. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right. That's all night for Lord willing. We'll go back to the back just briefly and discuss the things that we've heard. All right, so y'all dismiss now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.